Welcome to the January 30th, well, we're recording on January 30th, January 31st episode of the Zucha Wild podcast. This is the first off-season podcast. It's been a while, but now first we're ready one. to take on the off-season. We are the long-dreaded feeling like you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean off-season. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But I mean, we'll we'll have some college basketball mixed in, as we've said. But you know, I, I got to be completely honest. I I got to ease my way into the college basketball. Like, I mean, it, it'll the college basketball is going to look like an exponential curve on this show. It's going to ramp like that. I got to get keep up. But I tell you what, man, college basketball is. We think college football. I, I think college football is like crazy. College basketball is like just weird. It's just, it's just, it's just a weird sport with weird people. Like that, that, that's the word I would use. Weird. Your national title last year was San Diego State versus UConn. You can't get, and FAU <laughs> yeah. was in the final four too. Yeah. I forgot who UConn murdered in their game, but. And yeah, and you, you'll, you'll have a school like, oh man, lay high. They're going for it this year. <laughs> like, what are we doing? But no, anyway, we'll get a little college basketball later in the show. But uh, first, we haven't. I'm just gonna take a minute, Zooch. How's the how are your southern friends with the news of Saban? Just wanted there to recap some, that real quick. There was some devastation and amongst the Alabama. It was like you know, see it literally reminded me a little bit of the end of the Return of the Jedi when they like remastered it or whatever, and like the Empire falls and it just shows yeah. all the different <laughs> cities like celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. what it reminded me of is Yes, everyone was happy except Alabama fans who immediately started <laughs> like they're hot. Like it was like two seconds after he left and are retired and they're like, all right, hot board time. Here comes the yeah. hot board. I would say my favorite thing to come out of that might be I, I, I'm being completely honest when I say this too. the second best Paul Feinbaum soundbite of all time behind only Harvey Updike. The guy going, no, damn Dabo. Oh, no, no. And he just. <laughs> Spitting. What is it? What, what's his name? Off. Yeah, champ. I oh think. Champ. Yeah, champion from. Uh. Oh my gosh. It was. Was it? Was it champion from Alabama? I believe so. It was. It was some name that was just like a, a regular word. He's like, no damn Dabo. You hear me? And he was like, come back, Saban. Wake me up. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was hard times for. I mean, they've had such hard times in the past. How many years was he there? Like sixteen. You know. You're in the national title like every year, basically. You have six of them. Like, yeah, everything eventually comes down. Yeah, and it's tough too with like if you're an Alabama fan because if you're in your 20s, you don't really remember a lot of the stuff, and all the stuff has been said before. But 30 year old, 40 year old Alabama fans, yeah, I think they're excited about Kalen DeBoer because I would too. I think he's probably the best they they could have done considering all the circumstances, um, unless obviously Kirby Smart wanted to go, but he's never leaving Georgia. But the thing with Alabama fans, the older ones, immediately when Saban's fired, they just get Mike Shula flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Mike Shula Jr.? Yeah, or, no, his dad was Don Shula. So, so it was Mike Shula. Just Mike Shula, yeah. Mike, Mike Shula. seven and six Shula. Yeah, with, uh, oh my gosh, who was that guy from that one reality TV show? The quarterback. Uh, uh, oh, J- oh my gosh! This not, oh we John we should Parker know Wilson? this. Not him. It might be John Parker Wilson. Let me get a look up real quick. Yeah, him. He went to that two a days. Yeah, two a days. Yep. Yep. John Parker. Uh, yep, that's him. 
gosh, look at the bowl cut on that guy. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's, uh, I mean, with all these new faces, obviously, Kalen DeBoer comes into Alabama. There's a lot of other coaches that are coming in. Kind of want to, do you think Kalen DeBoer is going to find success the quickest out of all the new coaches? And we're just going to assume, for argument's sake, that it's more who takes over at Michigan. There's, there's a couple he did. Big they jobs they announced you... him. He is. He is. He did? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, out of all of the new coaches, do you think DeBoer finds success the quickest, or do you think it's someone else? I don't think it's him. I, I, like what? I guess I would ask, what do you base success? Like, if he's, a, like, we'll say eleven and two next year, and they lose in the first round of the playoffs, do you think that's think... he's more successful? Because mine is going to be Brett Britton at Arizona. Because I think that was so. That was mine as well. Actually, I think. Okay. Think I thought I was going to be able to pull the fast one on you and have the smart guy pick. <laughs> Yeah, no, I would say success is like program based. We've talked on this show before about how like Ole Miss, a CFB appearance and like maybe a win is like the the best. Like that's a 10 out of 10 season. Like right. as much as they could say they want to win the national championship, like that's a season where if you're Alabama, you can lose two games and then win the Peach Bowl against like a crummy like Iowa State team like on a random year. And that's a failure at Alabama. So right. I also think Brent Brennan, Gonna, because he, I, he hasn't lost as many players to the transfer portal as I thought. And that guy was working with dog food at San Jose State. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, and, like, and were, it's sad, but I, I think he's going to do well at Arizona. Yeah, no, he – San Jose State, I seriously don't know if I've <clears> – <throat> no single player of theirs that's ever been to the NFL. I mean, I, mean, I know they've had people in the NFL, but they are – in a place where there's what Cal's always better than them. Stanford's always better than them. They're not that far away from San Diego state. UCLA, like all the, there's a lot of schools out there and he made them, mm-hmm. he won a mountain West championship with them. I, I granted, I know it was the COVID year, but he did. they are bad all like horrible all the time. So. Yeah. The thing with Brennan too, is that I think he kind of brings a calming presence. Like, I think that's the best thing. He's not like the Rara guy. He's like a tell it like it is, you know, very feelings, you know, going to get to know players and staff. And I think for a school like Arizona that has financial trouble right now too, I think that like kind of steady hand, maybe not like the crazy Rara guy is the way to go. And I think, like I said, like a 10 out of 10 season for Arizona is winning a New Year's Six Bowl, probably like maybe making the playoff, I would say is a 10 out of 10. Well, yeah, and that's what I, I think Brent Brennan of, can do that. He has the yeah, ability to do that. Yeah, that's what I was kind of basing it on is the Big 12 seems kind of wide open like, next year. Like it's mm-hmm. it's one of those conferences like that I'm, I'm basically like in a, if you have a matchup on random Saturday in the Big 12, and I, I know this team is gone now, but like Kansas versus – like that's the one conference that I'm like, not shocked when like Oklahoma would be number four and lose it's to Kansas State like forty eight to twenty eight somehow. So. The, the Big Twelve is going to be fun next year. You're going to have like Dion, you know, let's see what Colorado does. You're going to have Nebraska maybe building towards something with Rayola. You're going to have Cam tenth year rising playing his. I don't know how that guy's still playing college footballs, but you know he's still doing it his thing. So it's going to be interesting. You have TCU. They always seem to recruit well, but they they kind of disappointing year last year and. Mike Gundy in Oklahoma State always seems to be solid. But, yeah, I think with Kalen DeBoer, it's going to be interesting because I think Alabama will make the playoffs. 
and it like objectively will be a solid year for them. Yeah. And I think the Alabama fans will be like lost because I don't think they'll win the Natty. And then, you know, it's Alabama, so anything can happen. But I think some of the losses in their secondary are going to come back to bite them via right. the portal and the draft this year. I agree. Yeah, it's going to be – I'm looking forward to see how they do because they go to Wisconsin next year, right? And yes. then their first home SEC game is Georgia. So I think so. They, they do play Georgia, yes. The takes will be flying if – they get killed in that game. <laughs> yes. Look, the, who's that one Bama fan who like wears no shoes? He's like, uh, he's like, he's like Bama, Bama. Blitz, baby, blitz. Yeah, blitz, baby, blitz. I can't think of his name, but I know who you're talking about. He will have Dad's an opinion team. if they lose to Kirby with Kalen DeBoer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last thing on the coaching search, who do you think does a better job in their first year? Elko at AM? or Sharon Moore at Michigan, considering the standards of like different schools, 10 out of 10 seasons are different. I think Moore will do. I think he, like, and I know that like at Jim Harbaugh recruited a lot of those guys and it was his system and stuff, but I think there's something there to be an interim coach and go for, like 4-0 or whatever it was. He beat Ohio State. He, I mean, he held him to get, like he, they seem to really want to play for that guy, and I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to change. We'll see. And they're Michigan; they're still going to get good. Rec- like mm-hmm. even this year, they didn't have like they don't. Michigan's not getting top five recruiting classes. They get good recruiting classes, but they're not out recruiting your Georgias, Alabamas, even Ohio, Ohio State, State and Penn State. I don't think I think those two always have a better recruiting class, but Michigan finds a way to win. So Michigan with their recruiting classes, they always seem. They're always like the recruiting class that's just like there's no five stars, but there's also like no three stars. So you just have like these solid guys that probably as as weird as it sounds, it's probably like that artificial chip on their soldier shoulder, not soldier, shoulder, where it's, oh man, no one believed in me. It's like, well, you're still a top three hundred recruit. Maybe you just didn't have a five star. So yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I I think Sharon Moore at his best could be like a souped up steroid steroided Ryan Day were like, yeah, he's kind of born on third base, but can continue Harbaugh's program. Exactly. Oh, sweet. Well, speaking of continuing programs, we'll do a little bit of Boise State news real quick, uh, just because we are a little bit homers, as much as we don't want to admit that. But uh, Chris Marshall, the uh, old Texas A&M and Ole Miss receiver, is at Boise State now. Kind of a tumultuous journey to get here. Former five-star, former top 25 player in the country when he came out of high school. Uh, yeah, this is his last shot. I guess that's all I can say. And I'm excited it, for him. I'm excited for this season too. But I either feel like this season is going to be like BSU's 12-1 and wins the Mountain West and in the playoff or everything just come. It's kind of like you're in blackjack. We're sitting on like a 13 right now, and the dealer yep. is showing like a 7. So you're like, all right, they're probably going to have 17. If I hit right here and I it's a good card, I'm either going to be at like 19 or higher, 18 or higher, or I'm going to bust. So we're either going to bust or we're going to get the jack and bust, and he's going to get kicked off the team. Um, oh, my God, I can't think of the quarterback's name right now. Nelson. From, now, Malachi Nelson is – not going to be very like there's a lot of the indiana receiver maybe it's not fully healthy oh, yeah <laughs> there's a lot of hope like there's a lot of promise there but that doesn't always turn into like 
it doesn't always work out. I really hope it works out. I think it should work out, like, based on, like, you can't be mad at the team for going out and getting guys who are good recruits. Like, we'll see with uh, Chris Marshall. Like, he has to know that you cannot get in trouble anymore, dude. You've, you got kicked off of two SEC programs and technically three because he was going to play basketball at Texas A&M. But they're like, no, like, you're, you're done, done. So, I, I mean, I never thought I would see a day where we get, like, that good of a receiver based on stars and that good of a quarterback based on stars. stars. And, yeah, so. the star rating, too. I mean, we saw – I think Boise, sometimes we see the stars, right? Because we don't really see – as Boise fans, we don't see those big stars often. So right. when we see those big stars, like when we see a Halani or a Shakir, when they were a four-star at – like, coming out of high school on some accounts, everyone's like, what? Like, this is insane. Then you also have to realize, like, Bachmeyer was a four star. And there's a lot of like star busts out there. But I mean, statistics don't lie. Like, winning programs have more five stars. It's just proven. Yeah. Like, exactly. that, like that, that's an irrefutable stat. So I'm excited for Chris Marshall. Um, I think a different change of scenery is good for him. Right. You know, I think he, because he's from Houston, Texas, I, I think getting to Boise, and I th- hope he realizes that like this is a place that you can get the because I, I i think he's not in a position to be like i want a ton of nil i think yeah. boise was like we don't have that but also like can you really like command to ask that like what right. we give you is like you will have an opportunity to be one of the top three probably top two receivers on the team if you play to your ability which will get you to exactly. the league and like that that's his goal at this point and boise is a program that can get him to the league right yeah it's I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, we have Genty on paper. When you have Genty coming back, who is one of the best, some people consider the best running back in the nation coming back. Mm-hmm. Five-star quarterback, five-star receiver, the kid from Indiana who's supposed to be pretty good. Latrell Capel, leading yeah, receiver from two years ago coming back. Yeah, so I, we I think have the O-line a lot returns, of... Like, the O-line returns like three starters or something like that. Right, yeah, it'll so be... we have a lot, a, a lot of promise, and we'll. I mean, every every team has a lot of promise. It doesn't always. Mean, I mean, Hopefully we Spencer had the conversation that... in the season, like a quarterback. Like in, I'm not even a just the stars thing. A quarterback can be pretty good as freshman season, like Taylor Green was, and then it just they don't take out. that next step. So, mm-hmm. we'll so see. You know, it'll be exciting for sure. And I think that's all. At least as a Boise fan, the last thing I'll say, that's all you can really ask for right now. It looked pretty bleak in the middle of the season, like pretty bleak. So just to have some sort of excitement. And uh, yeah, I like the I like the tough decisions I think Danielson's had to make, too. Like, you know, yeah, I, I think Danielson's doing everything right so far. Which is, I think, I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think as if that's what I thought about Avalos, too, his first year. Oh, man. Uh, then no, I don't, I don't want to think of the bad man, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited for the, excited for the season, man. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Well, to completely shift gears, as we said in the last couple episodes of our season shows that we will be touching on more college basketball. So to completely flip the college basketball, like I said, at the beginning of the show, this is a weird sport with weird sport. You get these weird fan accounts, even weirder than some of the college football fan accounts and even weirder reporters is what I would say. And uh, there was a debacle 
uh, on Twitter, more specifically in the Big East fan community. Uh, Jeff Goodman, who works for the Field of 68, uh, kind of like a bracketology college basketball website, a lot of famous, uh, a lot of well-known writers and sportscasters kind of work for them, like John Fanta. Uh, I think Doug Gottlieb does some work with them as well. Um, and Jeff Goodman works there. And uh, Jeff Goodman, he's always, Zach, what would you say? He's, he's always kind of been like that fringe, like, do, do people like him? Do people not like him? Is that like fair to say even before this incident? Yeah, he was always like, you, I knew the name. I don't like read a ton of his stuff or anything like that because there's college basketball is so big and it's weird because not that every, in a weird way, almost every team matters because legitimately any team and going into their conference make, tournament has had yeah, a shot. Has a shot. So you have a, like Goodman, I w- would read a few stuff, but he's in like that league, like you said, of like big. People you know, but you don't – like, I don't ever read a ton of, like, outside of BSU and a couple other, like, bracketology stuff, a ton of, like – I got that John Rothstein, baby. He's the GOAT. Yeah, John Rothstein I follow and his Same. lies that he makes up about, don't you realize, <laughs> yeah, Iowa Western is – Yeah. Or when people are like, hey, like – Detroit's playing San Francisco, and and he's like, I don't know, like UCF isn't scheduled to play Detroit this year or next year. We'll have to call their coach to see if they schedule the home and home. <laughs> it's like exactly. okay, or it's like, are you watching the an NFL playoff today? And he's like, yeah, like you said, Iowa's playing Northwestern State. Is like that? No, he's great. Right. Northwestern Northwestern State sixteen and one this year. Yeah, haven't been this or like Indiana State sixteen and one this year. Haven't been this good since Larry Bird's first year or whatever. Yep, insane. Yeah, so back to Jeff Goodman. He's always kind of been like that fringe reporter, and he's friends with current Georgetown coach Ed Cooley. And Ed Cooley was the former Providence head coach, and these are both rivals in the Big East, the same conference. Uh, there was this freelance YouTuber. His name was like Blue Demon Degen, right? Blue Demon yeah. Degen. He went and just kind of made like a, a passion project on Ed Cooley leaving um, Providence for, for Georgetown. Kind of like an hour-long YouTube documentary. Got John Fanta, got some Providence superfans in there, got some local journalists uh, to talk in it. And it kind of like details Ed Cooley's like rise at Providence and uh, him leaving Providence. Um, in that documentary, there were... Uh, some stuff because there was some controversy around Ed Cooley leaving. Some people said, hey, he already had one foot out the door during the season, so he wasn't really trying at Providence. And they're also... Speaking of Providence, do you feel like every year when you go to fill out a bracket that they're the team who's like anywhere from a 7 to 10 seed and they're like 20 and 11 every single year? Yep, them and Seton Hall. Them and Seton (laughs) Hall is just... yep. Seton Hall is always like an 8 or 9 seed. Always. (laughs) And Creighton. Creighton's also one of those ones. And then also, oh my gosh, there's one more. What is it? And then you can also always count on like UC Santa Barbara being a 12 seed. That's those are the givens in March Madness. UC Santa Barbara will be like beating whoever the high ranked seed they have. They'll be like up 28 to 20 with like six minutes left in the first half. And then it'll be, Mm -hmm. you'll be like kind of peeking at it when you're. Watching the tournament will be like up in the corner, and you're like, "Oh, I got to get yeah. over to TBS once this happens." And then you get over yep. there, and it's 35, 28, the four seed, and you're like, "Oh, exactly, exactly." But back to the Jeff Goodman. So this, 
YouTuber, like Twitter personality, Blue Demon Degen makes this documentary. And some of the stuff in it was true, but there's also a lot of speculation. Like there was some rumors that Ed Cooley was cheating on his wife. So he, the reason why he had to leave Providence to go to Georgetown was to like an ultimatum to get away from his, his uh, mistress. Again, these are rumors. There was also <laughs> some very rude things said about Ed Cooley in the documentary. <laughs> I think one of the fans compared him to Hitler. So again, like very, because the Providence fans hate Ed Cooley for like kind of betraying them. Yeah, um, which is so, fair if you go from from an arch exactly. rival. That's like fair. Yeah. Sorry, it's very fair. Um, Jeff Goodman then uh, used his power to get uh, that documentary on YouTube flagged because they used like some like game footage or something. So got him flagged got the his secondary account Big East Films taken down and then he DM'd Blue Demon Degen and he was like he was like you're gonna get sued and like the guy's like what he's like yeah dude like you you can't do that like I can't believe you even posted that and then the phrase that he's like you might even go to jail and like Blue Demon Degen's like messing with him the whole time and the phrase that the college basketball world is now a phrase that will be said forever he said how do you look an orange or was it? Was it? How do you look in orange? I believe. Do you think so, you look yeah. good? You, you look good in orange, uh, insinuating that Blue Demon Degen would be going to prison for, I guess, like copyright infringement. I didn't know you could do that. I thought they just like take the video down. <laughs> so the documentary is now taken down. I think it's been re-uploaded on other stuff, but it'll probably be one of those things that constantly is down, up, down, up. It's called Divine Providence. If you can find it, it's a great documentary. The first fifty minutes of what I would say is very like well done like channeling like ed cooley's like history in providence the history of providence basketball him like leaving and like kind of like the parallels like because he did have one foot out the door like that is irrefutable the last 15 minutes is still well done but it gets into a little more speculation stuff a little bit more of the hatred stuff a little bit more of the he said she said oh i said ed cooley leaving a bar like with a girl that wasn't his wife and like stuff like that again those are rumors and not fact but it's what the people in providence said so yeah and then the entire basketball community pretty much dunked on jeff goodman for uh like threatening like a random fan like i don't know it was it was just weird and it's Jeff Goodman being the Ed Cooley supporter, like he, you just look like such a dork. Like, yeah. oh, I, I like, and, and you could, if you know Jeff Goodman, he wasn't joking. Like, he was like, oh, you, you, you might actually go to jail, man. It's like, shut up, you fucking goober. Like, shut up. Like, <clears throat> college basketball, a lot of their writers and stuff seem like these gatekeeper types that mm-hmm. <clears throat> they're almost mad if, there's fans like us who like college football like a lot more <clears throat> and then yeah. we like college basketball but we don't you know live and breathe like oh i gotta watch the first game of the season when boise state plays idaho's like i gotta watch it it's like it's not the same like i would watch boise state versus idaho state in football but if <clears throat> there if like, i have the choice and we have a home football game and a home basketball game i'm not going to that home basketball game and, I and they, of, it's yeah. like they are just like, je- I don't know, like jealous of. It's it's not so jealous. It's also way. taking themselves too seriously. Like they almost people view college football as like this crazy. I, I, and this is all again a generalization. People in college football are loud and they're unapologetic 
and it's almost like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come at you and like fans and you're going to come at me. And I love college basketball, but it is more like, and especially in the, in the big East, I, I, after watching the documentary and kind of surfing big East Twitter is the big East is different. Like at, if this yeah. was the sec, there wouldn't have been reporters coming up But the big East is a very tight knit kind of like closed. Like we are, it is, uh, I don't want to use the word elitist, but there is a little bit of arrogance in the Big East, in my opinion, that like we are the center of the basketball world. We were the first right. mega conference in college basketball, Northeast, New York. We run basketball culture. So you do get this kind of like arrogance and like, what do you mean? Like you're just you're just like putting out like blabbish like you can't like do that. And it's like, well, dude, there's people on SEC message boards saying that like. Brian Harson's like tied to Al Qaeda. Like, like, like this is just like right. it's just completely different. Yeah, it is. And my perfect example is Mike White, who is it? I think that's his name. It may it's something. It might be Mark. I think it's Mike White. Was it Florida? Took over after Billy Donovan left. And last year, I want to say maybe the year before, he left and went to Georgia, and it wasn't like nearly the amount, like the big deal that Ed Cooley was for leaving. Providence to go to Georgetown. The Big East, because a lot of those, it's like this. And I personally, part of me loves it because the big, if you don't, if you remember, the Big East almost died. Like in in the mid 2010s, it almost died when the football schools left. And now that UConn's back in the Big East for basketball, it is, I love that it's revitalized it. I love that all of the schools pretty much are close to each other. Like, shoot, Boise's closest game is in Reno and Utah State. And you got Providence just like popping over to, shoot st john's in new york to play or yukon to play games like it's everything's so close there so i think in that case but jeff goodman he just and he can say all he wants like oh i let emotions get the best of me it's like dude you have to know as like someone in the media like i'm not like we're not the biggest in the media i'm not threatening like anyone with like jail time like if someone like i know some people who like play college sports if someone went out and was like, oh, this guy who plays college sports, like, I don't like him. He's kind of a scumbag because he entered the transfer portal. I'm not going to DM that fan and go, wow, I can't believe you said that. I might I might have to get the uh, my lawyers involved to, like, sue you because that's libel. Like, right. like, you just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's grow, it helps to grow your sport. It's good for you. Like, you might not love it, but <clears throat> it makes it it makes people interested in your sport. Look, I, I totally would have backed if Jeff, Jeff Goodman wanted to be like, like publicly came out and was like the claims at the end of this documentary are not true. It is right. simply like not true. Ed Cooley did not do this. Like I would have been like, all right, like these, like you're reporting and you got a scoop to report. Like, I just can't believe someone would. And I don't think I'm overreacting just because, it's Jeff Goodman. Like if this was like a top notch guy, I'd be like, Oh man, he probably just lost the best. But Jeff Goodman's kind of been like this weird, like kind of like elitist, like you've said, kind yeah. of like brown noser to get to the top big East Twitter guy for a while. And he, he apparently he also blocks everyone. I didn't know that, but apparently he yeah, just like, I, blocks random people. I, I think like I also Rob Douster, his friend had some stuff too, that like, I would get your lawyers ready. I think he handled it a little bit better. Cause he at least spoke on it. But it is what it is. Yeah, it's he looks like a fool at the end of the, the day. One, the one person who, in this scenario, who I think might get caught in the crosshairs and people on Twitter have been saying this is John Fanta. 
because John P- people, if you listen to college basketball on Fox on Saturdays, he usually does the Big East games calling them. Um, he's a great reporter. If you need someone to follow for college basketball, I'd go honestly go John Fanta and J- John Rothstein. Those are yeah. my two. And uh, he was in the documentary. And this was like pretty much like a student film. Like he just decided to do because John Fanta's a good dude. And John Fanta works at the same company. He works at Field of 68 along with Fox. So he's, he's kind of in an awkward position now. Where, like his employer is like, threat like threatened to sue a documentary that like he was a part of so right and he probably uh, didn't know what all was gonna be they probably just like he probably wanted was like in the same realm of our thinking of oh this will like <clears throat> it's an interesting story a guy yeah. leaving a guy who i mean he was at providence for like 10 years yeah years so <clears throat> and he was going to a school like georgetown has been good before they've been down a lot recently but georgetown is like a very pretty if like you're a big college basketball fan everyone knows georgetown like you see that name and you're like oh i like Uh i've heard of georgetown so he's probably just trying to help out yeah Uh, oh well we'll see how this turns out maybe providence will go on a little run but uh let's get to the meme matchups of the week since it's college basketball we'll be doing college basketball meme matchups of the week suj do you want to take it or do you want me to rip it i'll go first my meme matchup is Rick Patino and yep. Red versus Sean Miller. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I have a different one. You have a different oh. one. Oh, yeah, I have a different one. So yours is Xavier versus say St. John's. Mm-hmm. That is, imagine the sweat. That is all-time sweat matchup. All you need is Gary Patterson. That's <laughs> that's the sweat trio right there. If you want to see a funny video, people listening, do yourself a favor and go look at Rick Patino after who was it there playing the other day hit a game winner. Marquette had a game winner. <laughs> he was false. He said like he hate he like rather die as opposed to lose. And like later that night they lose on a buzzer beater and he just collapses to the floor. Ah, <laughs> oh, I mean my opinions of Rick Pitino are not positive, but even I can admit that man it's it's he is one of the funniest characters sports has ever seen. I can't that's get I, enough of him. He's like a I'm car wreck to watch. In New Mexico, it's they're so similar, and like, <laughs> every, like the hair is the same. Like they look almost identical, and it makes like the scummy college basketball coaches make the sport yep. better. Like they, you they're, just know they're, they're just college. trying to get away with everything, and that's how the sport is. And I think that goes back to like the reporters who are like so defensive of some of these coaches. They know, mm-hmm. like, they want to act like that's only a football thing. No, it's not. Basketball coaches are just as bad, if not way worse. So, but what mm-hmm. is who's your mean matchup? Oh, mine is Rick Patino in the Red Storm of St. John's versus Danny Anger Issues Hurley this Saturday in the Yukon Huskies. So, <laughs> At Madison Square Garden. I honestly, just a heads up to everyone listening, it, it, the me matchup of the week might just be whoever St. John's plays. Like <laughs> honestly, like Rick Patino, do yourself a favor, watch if you can't watch the Xavier, uh, St. John's game because that's during the week, right? Like that's the weekday game. Yeah. So that one's tomorrow. You, I want to say. Well, when this is released, it'll be today. Yeah. <laughs> and the UConn St. John's game is on Saturday. So if you can't watch on the weekday, watch on the weekend and just Rick Patino, he's like a drunken strike of lightning trying to like dance around like a DUI charge. 
Like, that's what I would say. Like, it, it's just chaos. It is such controlled chaos. And he's just a greasy guy. But he's also, like, a great basketball mind. It's, ah, uh, it's beautiful. He is the Big East. Rick Pitino is, is the Big East. <laughs> that's what part of me want. And I would never really want someone to get fired. So I really hope, like, in a way, Kentucky, because they look pretty good this year. Like, oh, if Cal, in the round of if, if Cal gets back to the, no, don't stop it. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, oh, we cannot have Cal in the Big East. Let's see. That, let's see. That's a new. If he came, like that new Villanova coach is kind of on the hot seat. If he came there, it would be wonderful. Oh my gosh! Or if, or if he went to that. No, uh, I mean, I can't believe Dayton's in the Big East. That's the one. Or, or is it De- DePaul? DePaul's in the Big East, and yeah, Dayton's the, the weirdest. Terrible. And Creighton's in the Big East, which is extremely weird. But that is weird. That is weird. I, I oh well, we'll see. Funny me matchups. All right, we're gonna end the show with a football high low buffalo since this is the off season. We can get kind of funny and creative with these because there's no games. So today's high low buffalo is high low buffalo coaches we'd like to have a beer with. So there's a lot of and this is for football coaches. Football coaches we personally like to have a beer with. Uh, I'll go first. My number one coach I would like to have a beer with, and I want this beer specifically at the end zone, and it is Jason Eck at Idaho. (laughs) I think Jason Eck would be like just to have a share a picture with Jason Eck at Idaho would just be the great. He he's probably got some stories that he could tell. He seems like a genuine dude, and he also seems like he can like throw down like fourteen of them. So like we'd be there all day at the end zone hanging out drinking. Uh, yeah, Jason Eck. Uh, do it, Jason Eck. You're in, you're in Moscow, man. If you're ever, in, let me know if you come to Boise. I'll buy he you the first round. He also looks like he could own a bar. Yeah, like, no, yes. <laughs> he looks like he could would, like own a bar. Yeah, you know how like Saban has like all those car dealerships like post retirement. Jason Eck's gonna open like the biggest party bar in Pullman in Moscow for college students. Yes, right? <laughs> it'll be it'll be a great place to go. My num- <clears throat> number one is based on similar reasons, just because I would want to hear like him explain like not only stuff that's happened to him, but like different like he's worked for but different people, been all over. It's got to be Lane Kiffin. I would have to ask about the getting fired on the tarmac. I would have yep. to ask about like getting fired after the SEC championship because yeah. he like told his agent like said he was going to interview for FAU. <laughs> working with Saban, like the stuff with Jimbo Fisher, the stuff at Tennessee, there just the stuff at Tennessee. There'd be so much there. I would, ha- I would seriously have to ask him if he knows who Big Bull Daddy is. I'd be like, please tell me. You know, <laughs> you know who Big, Big Bull Daddy, Kiffin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, maybe like all-time YouTube personalities to get a beer with. Big Bull Daddy's up there. I don't know if he can drink with his leg, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, low. So the coach I would least want to have a beer with is a combination of, I think, I mean, publicly, I mean, I, I don't know any of these people, like, personally, but his public persona seems standoffish to me. Um, he kind of seems a little scummy to me. And this is, again, this is all public persona. And uh, he proved with a recent coaching move that he wasn't loyal either, and he killed a kid. Uh, it's Brian Kelly. <laughs> um, Brian Kelly is the person I would least want to share a beer with. Uh, which is a shame because apparently there's so many good bars uh, down in Louisiana at LSU. But I think Brian Kelly, 
it would just be like pulling tooth and nails and it'd be like i i wouldn't know what to ask him about i'd like yeah. all, all the stuff i wanted to ask him about i feel like he wouldn't tell me like i feel like jason eck or kiffin open up the stories i feel like brian kelly would just be like you know we got a great team what are you what are you doing yarrow so yeah he wouldn't brian kelly mine my is low. he also has anger issues and gets a little bit ticked off when 90 year old former coaches say oh, no. his teams aren't tough and that's Ryan Day. He just doesn't seem like he'd be like, I don't know. I like look at the Big Ten and a lot of the coaches there like look like they would be fun. There's two who stand out as they don't look like they'd be fun. And that's James Franklin and Ryan so, Day. I think James Franklin wouldn't be the worst to have a beer with. You think I think would... James Franklin is just like a guy who's like perma stressed at his job. And if you got him in a bar, he'd be like, I needed this man like let's let's toss some cornhole or like some darts and would just like vent all of his frustrations you know who would be intense to drink with but not on this list the big 10 i feel like pj fleck would just be all over the place <laughs> he would be the wild card over, yeah he's a wild card for sure <laughs> he would definitely you would not know like he's your friend that you go out with and you're like you're kind of watching him because you're like all right they could get like they might end up getting kicked out yeah they're gonna be a lot of fun but they might end up getting kicked out and <laughs> making a scene to where like four of us are like no we need to get in this uber like we got to go home we need to chill out like. <laughs> that is funny um yeah and my buffalo is actually the same as your high so my buffalo coach would be lane kiffin and the reason why he's the buffalo coach of getting a drink with him is because like you said i think his stories would rival none what i would worry about is like post 11 30 what are what are me and lane kiffin gonna get into and it can't be good <laughs> Because I'm just That's picturing true. this, man. We're both like three buckets in in Pensacola, Florida. And the night is young. And I don't – look, I like to have fun. Lame seems like he'd like to have fun. I, It just seems like we might polish too many of bad boys off like with Lane. Because I'm, I'm just a, picturing me drinking with Lane would be – it has to be on the Gulf Shore. You can't you, – it has to be on the Gulf Shore with, with Lane. But, yeah, I, I, I would love his stories. I just feel – like we would get into some like, hey, I know a place down the road you want to go, and it's like a tin shack. It's like, oh, what what are we doing here, man? So yeah, that's why he's my buffalo. I was surprised you didn't have a certain coach who likes to kick uh, kick NFL kickers, and then after losses, go to bars in Cincinnati and be feeling up. He's not on a team. Old. I was only doing I was only doing <laughs> current coaches. Herb Herb is the all time wild card. Let's be like, so when did you know and Aaron Hernandez was a psychopath? Was it before or after he like made someone deaf and then shot somebody while he was on in the I feel same like night? If I, had a, I feel like if I had a beer with Urban Meyer, I feel like like he would just start like high school like bullying me. Like put like put put me in a noogie and like f- flick my earlobe and like call me a wimp or something like that. <laughs> like not like it's like just pour your drink out and be like, you gotta go get another one. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna just like blow like cigarette smoke in my face. Be like, you're not getting one. These are mine. <laughs> or I could definitely am I him. too close to you? I could a hundred percent see him being that way. <laughs> just like they, also another coach I would not go drinking with is Sark. Sark is on the list you, you know, like... for, for his own good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sark. Sark's probably a great time. Sark, but for for, for his own good, he is he is disqualified. From this competition. From, from drinking. <laughs> so my Buffalo, <clears throat> and I, I'll be honest, I didn't know. I thought it could be anyone. 
who could like was a college football coach. Oh, so I go had, for it. Yeah. Okay. So my, it'd be a double duo just cause I would want to hear their stories. Cause they play like both their programs were great. Like the winner of this game always like was going to the national championship or close to it. And it'd be the combo of like Jimmy Johnson and Bobby Bowden. I would love okay. like, I don't, I know Bobby Bowden is, was a real big Christian. So I don't think he'd really drink. I feel like Jimmy like, Johnson would be a fun time. Yeah, he he would be he would have so many stories. Like he has been, and I know it's not college football, but he's been around Jerry Jones. He was at the height of the NFL. He was at the height of college football. Like played like every year they were playing like Notre Dame or Florida State or all these good teams, and it'd just be fun to hear like his like philosophy, like how he like changed his philosophy from college to the NFL and like the way he was like all that kind of stuff. I think those two would be really fun to go get a couple beers with and just hear like different stories they had of definitely like being so dominant in a sport, especially specifically like even Bobby Bowden, like the nineties, they had like one loss every year. If that, yeah. like, they were great. Think, so it'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. The, the one honorable mention I had, was it's a very obscure one, but it was a uh, Justin Wilcox, just because he just like reminds me of just like a chill ass dude in like the Bay Area. It's just yes. like, all right, like I guess it's like me and Justin Wilcox just gonna shoot the shit. But yeah, that's that was it. Was there was there an honorable mention or two that you had to leave off? <clears throat> well, I went to see if this guy ever got into coaching because I was like, oh, maybe he, you know, after his career ended, he re- like retired relatively young for like being an NFL player because as a, he's only 45 now. And I was like, maybe he became a coach. Even it's like a small, like junior college with Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, Seabass. Seabass. <laughs> he would be fun. He liked, you know what? The liquor. It might've been our resident Sooner fan, Cody. And we can ask him about this. Who saw Sebastian Janikowski in Hawaii, picking up a sixer at the ABC store. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. He, <laughs> I was watching, I don't remember who was talking about it the other day, but I had, someone was on a podcast that I listened to. I want to say it, it might've been, it seriously might've been Danny Cannell and I might, it might've been on the radio, but he was on something I was listening to. The, the seminal saying, Homer himself. Yeah, he was saying that at a certain point in time, they were in like a big bowl, like the sugar bowl or something. And their curfew was like midnight and Janikowski came in at like four in the morning. <laughs> like just like, didn't listen to the curfew. Came at four in the morning, and Bobby Bowden was just like, "He's Polish. He'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be he'll be good. He'll be good." Oh, that's so funny. He's Polish. He should be fine. Well, if if you drink with Bobby Bowden, you you could ask him about those stories, man. All right. Well, that's it. That's it, man. This is the off season, baby. Dude, anything else? Not much. We still got about. Uh... We're at the end of January now, so a month-ish until spring practices start spring for football. teams, I guess. We're, we got March next, Madness a little bit. March Madness. Your Niners are in the Super Bowl. Uh, well, next episode, because we do every two weeks, so hopefully hopefully in the next episode I'm wearing a 49er jersey, or I will have to give a very uncomfortable speech at the beginning of the show addressing okay, what the story. What, what is, <laughs> yes, finish the story. Yes. Oh, shouts out CM Punk. He tore his triceps. WrestleMania season ruined. Also, last thing I'll say is everyone light a candle and say a prayer for Detroit Don. He has been yeah. MIA yes. since the Lions <laughs> Detroit lost. Don. 
yes, please, please send a prayer for Detroit Don. Uh, yeah, if you guys don't know, Detroit Don, big time, probably the biggest Detroit Lions super fan, maybe under Eminem only. But yeah, he usually is very active on social media, and uh, he has been MIA since the loss. So say a prayer for Detroit Don. He will respond, um, and we hope for the best. Uh, anything yep. else, Such? I don't think so. Just I guess now everyone go watch college basketball this week and let us know if there's any certain teams you want us to talk about. We <clears throat> there's a lot to cover and good there's old college basketball. So. There's a lot to cover. So hopefully we'll just try to cover the funny and wild stuff. But uh, that's it. Uh, we will see you guys in uh, two weeks. Thank you for listening.